You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here's today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. We all know it's not about the presence. It's not about the frosted trees, carolers, or snowmen. By now we've had it drilled into us. Christmas is not about toys. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about a family feast, and no, it's not about your toys either. But what we forget is that Christmas is more than just a story about a baby in a manger. It's a story of longing. They were longing for a Savior those 2,000 years ago, aching for redemption and for justice. And though Christ fulfilled many prophecies, there are many more we are still waiting for today. But just like the nation of Israel, we too have hope, a promised return of our Savior. So this year, amongst all the family quarrels, remember this. Christmas, the Advent, isn't over. And as the Apostle John once wrote, Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. glad that you stayed in town so that you could celebrate Christmas with us. Wish we had a Christmas Eve or Christmas Day service, but I think most of you would be gone. So this is our Christmas service, and we're excited that you are here. So Merry Christmas. Christmas is about Christ's birth. Just highlighting in your in your bulletin really quick, starting the beginning of the year, the men's Bible study will be going through the book of Daniel. So if you're interested in that Tuesday night Bible study, we've got material from Gene Getz on men of character on the book of Daniel, so we could share that with you, send that to you. Uh, that's online, actually, at the Church Realm site. But that's the one-hour Tuesday night Bible study. starts in Daniel. And then the women are starting a Bible study on Saturday mornings from 8 to 9.30 in the book of Psalms at the Ministry Center on Saturday mornings. So that's coming up, and you guys have your Bible study at your house. And Dan? If I could get some people to come and take our morning offering this morning. In Matthew chapter 2... In the Christmas story, we have the story of the wise men, the Magi, coming to find Jesus, the, the Christ who was born. And so they, they started on their journey, um, and they traveled a long distance so that they could worship Jesus. And as I talked to my worship team, I talked about how far would I go to worship Jesus. But then once they got there and they found the Christ child that said they worshipped him with great joy... And then they gave him gifts. They were excited to find Jesus at Christmas. 
And so I would ask you, what excites you about Christmas this year? And I know when I was young, the thing that excited me was the gifts, that I like to get the gifts. Now that I am, as it shows here, old, uh, with my birthday coming up this week, uh, I like to give gifts. And when we, and I'm excited to give gifts. I was telling Joe, he's a, he's a extremely well gifted craftsman that I, I made my oldest boy a Scrabble board. So it's, it's all out of wood and it's hand painted for the, uh, for the letters and everything. Um, and, and I'm excited to give my son this gift because I know he loves the game of Scrabble. And so I'm excited about that. Jesus, God was excited to give Jesus to us at Christmas. He sent angels to sing about it. He went to the shepherds. He had everything arranged so that everybody would be in Jerusalem when he sent his son. And he was excited about giving his son to us, even knowing that his son was going to die for us. And as we give today, it's an opportunity for us to be excited about Christmas and giving others the opportunity to find the Savior that we found. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray that with every gift given today, that there would be somebody who would come into your kingdom, Lord, that somebody would come to know you, that they would become excited about knowing the God and spending, spending eternity with you, Jesus, knowing that their, their salvation is secure. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Kids are heading off to Kids Church. On the back of your bulletin now, there's a Scripture memory verse to get you memorizing Scripture again. And two of the problem questions we have is which memory verse list do we use? And then what Bible translation do we use? Because lots of people use different Bible translations. So because the Bible quizzers use the NIV, we've got the memory verses as the NIV. And that's on the back of the bulletin. And then to make it easy, we've got the Navigator's topical memory system that you can actually go to the Apple Store or the Android Store and buy an app for $4.99 that actually has the verses and some games you can play to memorize verses and things like that. But it's a list of 60 verses, so I guess we'll be done with it sometime in February. Often the memory verses won't tie in to the sermon, but it's just a reminder out there that we all need to be hiding God's Word in our heart and memorizing verses. And some of you might memorize all 60 right away, and then it will be review for you. And some of you might just see a verse that you like and memorize that verse, and maybe you'll memorize five verses or ten or whatever. But putting God's Word in your heart, whether or not you're trying to memorize it or you just read it so much that you rememberize it, uh, putting God's Word in your heart will make you more effective as a Christian, more effective at sharing your faith, and more effective at accomplishing God's purposes in your life. So that's in the, on the back of the bulletin. So I think it's 2 Corinthians 5.17. So the kids have headed off to Children's Church, and I wanted to share some stuff about Christmas. Christmas, the true gift of Christmas. Sometimes it's so hard to get through Christmas because for some, uh, Christmas is a tough month to endure. And I don't know if this is you or not, but Christmas can be a very stressful time. Christmas can be a very expensive time. Christmas can be a time when it just seems impossible to meet everybody's expectations. And over the years, I've tried to fill expectations and I've just come to the conclusion that I can't fill every Christmas expectation. So if you sent me a Christmas card, that's awesome. Thank you. If you didn't get a Christmas card from me, don't feel bad. I didn't send any Christmas cards to anybody. Sorry, but there was a time when we would, you know, send out the family letter to everybody, but just haven't been able to pull that off in the midst of everything else. When it comes to Christmas stuff, 
you can only do so much, but if you do too much, you'll totally miss the point of Christmas, and that's Jesus. And I wanted to focus more on Jesus than all of the other stuff. So I'm sure to disappoint somebody, but I hope to uh, focus on Christ. Uh, There's an article, I might have read this in a past Christmas message, but Christmas could be making you ill. Christmas can be dangerous. Christmas can be stressful. Great Britain had this research that talked about stress and accidents at Christmas time. They said almost 20% of people find the experience of hosting guests and preparing for Christmas meals and festivities completely overwhelming. A third of women feel more stressed throughout December than any other month across the year. Anybody feel stressed about Christmas time? 3% of people suffer an electric shock due to badly wired Christmas lighting, and 1 in 50 fall out of the loft trying to get the tinsel and decorations down. Actually, I had Christmas lights plugged in and I had a timer. I told you about that. I had a timer. The timer couldn't keep time. So I took it back and realized that LED lights don't use much much electricity. So it's probably just cheaper to leave them plugged in all the time than it is to pay for the timers. But I was trying to adjust the timer while water was coming down from the roof right onto the extension cord. And I'm like, ooh, I could get shocked. This could be dangerous. Some 2.6 million people have even fallen off a stool or ladder while hanging up the decorations. A mammoth 700,000 people have been injured in a sale rush while trying to snag a bargain. I can't imagine that. I mean, can you get money for that at the store when you get, when you get hurt while you're racing for a bargain? One of those Black Friday deals. But Christmas isn't about all that other stuff. Just like the video that we watch. Christmas is about Christ. And yes, it's great to, to give stuff and to decorate and do what you can fit. But don't feel guilty if you're not able to do everything that everybody expects. But Christ is the center of Christmas. We want to look at what the Bible has to say about that. The one gift that lasts forever brings joy to the world. And our world needs joy. Our world is confused. Our world is often in a dark place. And without Christ, they're even in a darker place and they're even more confused. When they throw out Scripture, when they throw out the wisdom of God's Word and do their own thing, it's not going to go well for them or our society. But in John 3.16, obviously, everybody knows this verse. All the Bible quizzers know this verse because they're in the book of John. But God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God gave the first Christmas gift. And Christmas gifts are awesome. I don't know if you've ever received the perfect gift, the thing that you wanted more than anything else. Uh, Realistically, most people haven't. So most people haven't gotten the Christmas, everything they wanted for Christmas. That usually doesn't happen. But often people give things that have meaning. Sometimes uh, the time that is spent at Christmas time is more memorable than the things that are given or shared or whatever. Sometimes we spend a lot of time trying to get the perfect gift for somebody and then they already have one or they don't like it or it wasn't all that they had hoped for or there was a newer model or something like that. But God gave the first Christmas present and it was perfect. When God gave that Christmas present, it came with life. It came with hope because Christmas is about Jesus. And the world that we live in, the retail stores try to sanitize Christmas and make it just about giving. They want you to come in after Thanksgiving and buy all that Christmas stuff. But now it's almost Christmas, but I hear that some of the retail stores have already pushed Christmas out the door off the shelf could make room for Valentine's Day already. It's not even the first of the year, and they're kicking all the Christmas stuff out so they can get on to the next thing, which means they're just into a commercial holiday. They're not really celebrating the true meaning of Christmas. 
Jesus had a purpose to come into the world, as you know. Jesus was God's gift to us, that God loved us so much that He had a plan, and that plan was to send Jesus. And by believing upon Him, believing in Christ, we won't perish, we won't die eternally, we won't be separated from God eternally, but we'll have eternal life, eternal life with Christ, eternal life with God, life forever in God's presence. God gave the first Christmas present. Number two, Jesus is God with us. So Matthew 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's the purpose for Jesus to come. And actually in Luke 19.10, it says that Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost, those without a relationship with God, those with a ruined relationship with God. Verse 22, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. So Jesus, Emmanuel, means God with us. And God with us means that we don't have to be alone anymore. We don't have to be in a religion where we're trying to reach out to God, but we can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And when we think about things that we have, we often take them for granted. Now, I remember when I was a kid, we had a black and white TV, and it was like a 13-inch black and white TV. People didn't get a very good signal with the rabbit ears. We'd put tinfoil on the rabbit ears. Sometimes if you wanted to get a better signal, you'd like to have, have your friend like hold on to the antenna so you could see the game or whatever. I remember being a little kid, having a hard time with a little black and white TV, with the snow coming across it and everything, trying to watch the Broncos and the Vikings, and uh, trying to watch the Bears and the Vikings, trying to watch the Rams and the Vikings. And the problem with the Rams and the Vikings was they both had horns, and it was black and white. And I'm like, who's who? I didn't get that when I was a little kid. So this was my experience with TVs, right? Little TV. And then I you know, got a bigger TV, and then we had... Somebody gave us this big 200-some-pound Sony TV that had really great sound, but it looked, took up like part of the room of our house. And then the price of HD TVs came down, so we got a 42-inch H1080 HD TV. And man, to me, that was huge. That was a huge TV. That was like, this is the greatest thing ever. It's like big and beautiful, and it's so much better than what I had in the past. And one of the kids says to me, why is our TV so small? And I'm like, what? What do you mean why? It's 42 inches, not 13, and it's color, and it's clear. Well, at the store, there's a lot of other bigger TVs. And so you just take that stuff for granted. Can you imagine life without Jesus? If there was no, you went to church, it was a religious thing, there was this God who had this law that was primarily for the Israelites, and you were kind of an outsider, and you were trying to reach up to God, but there wasn't what we have now. There wasn't a personal relationship with Jesus Christ available. There wasn't Scripture available for us to read and to understand and to practice and to learn. All that stuff wasn't there because it hadn't happened yet. And then it happened, 
and you saw what a big change in life it was. Or maybe uh, it's not Christ and that time period thing being new, but maybe you look back at your life and you see what you used to be before Jesus Christ came into your life, before you bowed the knee and made Jesus Lord of your life and started to follow Him. You remember what you used to be and you see what you could have become, a path of destruction, uh, addiction, uh, sadness, despair, hopelessness, loneliness without Christ. You can actually still be a Christian and be lonely, but you can still have the joy of the Lord in you. Sometimes when you're a Christ follower, it doesn't mean that you're the most popular person at school or the most popular person at work. Matter of fact, some people will talk against you, say you're naive, persecute you or whatever, but you still have the joy of the Lord. But Christmas means that Jesus is available for us to have a relationship, a personal relationship, to walk daily. When you have troubles, you can pray and ask the Lord to help you. When you want the Lord to speak to you, first, spend time in His Word. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you need to see, how He wants to speak to you, and read that. Sometimes we hear, we think that we hear from God, we have like an inner feeling, and we're like, oh, that must be God. But you want to make sure that you check that against Scripture, make sure that's totally of God not just from your conscience. Your conscience can be seared. Not just an idea or a motivation you had because sometimes the little voices that you hear in your head or what your heart says is not true. And you want to check that from Scripture. But the Holy Spirit will help you to understand Scripture, help reveal the Scripture you need to hear, to see. Uh, So many times when you're praying for things, sometimes you need to wait, but you're praying for things and God will give you an answer. God will show you what you need to see or what you need to hear, provide for you what you need at just the right time. Sometimes His voice is quiet and you wait and you trust. Sometimes His voice is very loud and you're afraid to step out in faith, but you need to have courage and step out in faith. But the virgin shall conceive a child, shall give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And in your bulletin is a tree with many names of Jesus. God, Rock, Savior, Messiah, Emmanuel, Holy, Child, Mighty God, Lord, Lord of all, Lamb of God, Christ of God, King of Kings, Word of God, Alpha and Omega, Prince of Peace, Light of the World, Head of the Church, Son of the Highest, Everlasting Father, Resurrection and Life, Resurrection and Life, and Jesus. And who is Jesus to you? Is He a religious figure? Or is He the Lord of your life? Is He your Savior? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? From high above us, God sees. From far beyond us, God hears. From his eternal distant home, God loves. He sees all people in all places. And it's easy for us to imagine that he does so from this perspective. High, beyond, distant. But then, Christmas. It appears without earthly fanfare or celebration. The cry of this child screams that the same God who is above and beyond and distant has not only come close to us, but that he's indeed with us. So what if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Today, now, 
with us. The manger proclaims that the very presence of God is now present with us. In the mundane, in the uncertainty, in the mystery that lies beyond our understanding or explanation. God himself is with us in our joy and our happiness. He's with us in our sadness and our brokenness. He celebrates in the light with us, and he holds us in the dark with faithful and secure arms. What if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Christmas not only begs that we ask that question, but also provides the answer that our hearts have been longing for all along. Can this possibly be? Yes, it can. And it is God with us. Emmanuel. And he's closer than our wildest dreams can ever imagine. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Number three, this one gift makes us right with God. This one gift of Jesus makes us right with God. Some of you have come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and you, overall, are living a right relationship, right life with God. You fall into some sin. Sometimes it's not really an action, but maybe it's a thought. Maybe you covet something. Maybe you get angry about something. Um, and that's sin, and you confess that. And you're walking on the road with the Lord, and as you do, He's helping you grow, and He's blessing you, and things are good. Um, others of you came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and you've fallen into sin. You're doing stuff that you just know is wrong, doing stuff that you know isn't God's best for you. You're compromising or doing things that, you know, God's Word says no, but hey, we're under grace. So it's like a free license to sin, right? It's like diplomatic immunity because I'm a child of the King, so no sin's going to stick to me. Uh, yeah, this sin's going to ruin your life. So you want to stop doing that. But to be right with God, you can't do enough good stuff. You need to bow the knee. You need to confess your sin to the Lord. Ask, realize that every one of us is a sinner. Every one of us has done things that have offended God, and it makes it so we don't have a relationship with Him. But by asking Him to forgive us, acknowledging that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again, that you want to receive Jesus as your payment for sin, your, your salvation, your Lord, and follow Him, will transform and change your life. And you can do that by praying something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow Jesus. Something like that. And if you've done that, let me know because I want to help you grow. And on the back table, there's a How to Find God New Testament with a bunch of notes in the front to help you grow in the Christian life. But Adam, Adam and Eve, um, messed up in the very beginning and sinned against God. And all of their children, great children, grandchildren, uh, the whole line is all guilty of sin. But Jesus Christ makes that right when we apply His payment by believing upon Him. So Romans 5.16 and Romans Paul is talking about Adam and Christ, and how Adam was the big sinner and how Christ was the big Savior. Romans 5.16 says, The result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man, Adam's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. So the stuff of the past is forgiven. The stuff when we come into a relationship with Christ, so we can have a new life 
and then to uh, know that we are forgiven, that we are children of God, that we're guaranteed heaven, that we're living in this new relationship, that this is the gift of Christmas. This is what Christmas is about. And when we think about who we are in Christ and all that He offers us, it should motivate us to share that with others and to try to make a difference in the world with the time that we have. And we should hold on to this awesome gift. Or should we just keep it to ourselves? Should we? We don't want to give it up because it's the thing we need most, but it's the thing that we can share. It's the thing that we can pass on. When we pass it on to others, we don't lose any of it ourselves. It's the gift that keeps giving. It's awesome. It's like if we had a large amount of like prepaid credit at some department store. And I don't know what department store you want to talk about, but say Macy's, right? Say I've got like a million dollar credit at Macy's and there's no way I'm buying a million dollars worth of stuff. So I'm like, hey, take this card, go to Macy's, charge it to my account. Actually, it's already paid. Got like a million dollars worth of stuff. You need some new clothes. Your kids need some new clothes. You need this, you need that, you know, and it just keeps going. And uh, in Christ, we don't lack. In Christ, our lives are changed. We need Christ if we're going to have eternal life. And the Lord wants us to know we have eternal life. John writes, this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. So why does God want us to know that when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior that we have eternal life? Why is it so important that Christians know that they have eternal life? Because if you know that the life that you're in right now is just a very small portion, not even like the preview to your eternal life, a very small portion of the rest of your eternity, and you know Christ, and you know how important it is that lost people be saved, and that Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost, and that uh, many of the great men and, God, men, of, men and women of God before us sacrificed a lot to uh, be used of God, and that's why we remember them because of all the things that they've done, that if we know that we have eternal life, then we will spend our present time and our resources living for the Lord and sharing the Lord and sharing this awesome gift. This awesome gift is Jesus. And number five, anyone who is truly with Jesus is filled with joy. You know, not every Christian, not every Christ follower is always happy. Again, like in China, people are being persecuted. Ten points on the head of a pastor, uh, one point for other Christians. The police are obligated to arrest somebody to fulfill their quota. So they're you know going after the big churches. One church was forced to put in video. This is recently. This isn't like 50 years ago. Recently, forced to put in uh, surveillance cameras with face recognition software in the entryway to the church. So as people were coming to gather, the authorities could identify who was there. And so um, we want to live for Christ and we want to invest in Christ and we want to do all that we can to walk in Christ. And we may not always be happy, but we will have the joy of the Lord. If we're truly walking with the Lord, we will experience the joy of the Lord. We will experience a contentment in our heart that says, you know, I may not have everything I always wanted. I may not be happy in every situation. Uh, life may be difficult, hard, cold. I might lack in some things, but I have the Lord and He will make it right in the future and I will continue to trust Him and follow Him and I will follow and have that joy. John seventeen thirteen. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's praying. Uh, he's praying to the Lord. Now I'm coming to you. 
I told them the disciples many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. And then Simeon at the end of the Old Testament story in Luke chapter 2. Jesus and Mary bring baby Jesus to the temple to have him dedicated. And we see the story of Simeon and Anna. And Simeon is moved by the Holy Spirit that you've been waiting to see salvation. I promised you that you would. And if you look across the courtyard over there, there, there it is. There he is. And so Simeon came up to him and prophesied these things about Jesus. You can read it in Luke chapter 2. Uh, Luke Chapter 2, verse 34, Then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And even the Jews were divided against what would become the Christians when it came to Jesus Christ. But Jesus, when you're truly walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ, it brings joy. Joy to your life. Joy to others' lives, and we want to share that and celebrate that at Christmas time. Joy is the happy state that results from knowing and serving God. Now I need to light the Christmas candle, the Advent candle, uh, the verse for it. Let's see, what did I do with it? Here it is. I got it. I guess I have it on the screen too. John one twenty nine. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. No one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, and the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. This Christmas, we choose to take one day and celebrate an event that is bigger than life. We reflect on a moment in time where God stepped down and forever changed the past, future, and eternity. We celebrate the coming of a Savior who through His life, death, and resurrection has paved the way for many to follow. We contemplate what it means to be given life freely, unconditionally, and fully. We commemorate what it means to be redeemed, to have abundant peace, overflowing joy, and eternal perspective. We give thanks that none of this can come through anything we do ourselves, as grace cannot be earned. We rejoice that this hope is ours to share to anyone who is willing to hear, for a life beyond anything they could ever imagine. This is not a religion. It is not a philosophy. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. This gift is yours to keep, not because you deserve it, but because God loves you. Take it. Live it. Have a Merry Christmas. All right, let's pray before the worship team comes up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you have given us Christ, the perfect Christmas gift. And we pray that we would use and enjoy and love and share this gift that you've given us. Jesus is God with us. Jesus, in the Hebrews, it says that Jesus is the exact representation, the radiance of your glory. 
Lord, we pray that you would help us to fully understand that and to share that, and that this Christmas time, as we're out and about, as we're gathering with different people, that we would be able to share the Christ of Christmas and that somebody would get saved and be able to experience your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. It would be great if you would let us know how you were encouraged by this message. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find more messages to listen to, and get resources to help you grow in your faith at riverrockchurch.com.